Lecture 14, The Acts of Thomas. The apocryphal Acts, a Christian genre written about the exploits of the apostles, utilize many of the same characteristics of the romance genre and many of the same concerns. In our last lecture, we examined one of the most interesting of our surviving non-canonical accounts of the lives of the apostles, the Acts of John. This account of the legendary exploits of an apostle is typical of the genre, apocryphal acts in which we find travels, dangers, controversies, deliverances, thwarted sexual trysts, and miraculous demonstrations of the power of God, all in a single episodic narrative. But this genre is not unrelated to other kinds kinds of literature popular from about the same time, the ancient equivalent of the modern novel, sometimes called romances. Now we have five complete examples of Greek romances that survive from antiquity and two examples of romances in Latin. These are often named after their leading characters, two star-crossed lovers such as Chereasus and Calero, or Daphnis and Clo. The plots and narrative structures of these works are remarkable remarkably consistent. They are generally about two lovers who are tragically separated before they can consummate their love. The plot involves the lovers' desperate attempts to return to each other's arms, frustrated by pirate abductions, kidnapping, war, shipwreck, and evident death. The books typically climax when the lovers find a way through their suffering to reunite and consummate their love. In one sense, the books are all about overcoming the tragic fate of this world to consummate the greatest of gifts, the sexual love of a man and a woman. It is a strong feature of these works that the socially sanctified act of love provides the basis for social peace and prosperity, that civilizing forces in the world depend on strong family life embodied in the sexual ties of the rich and beautiful leaders of the city-state. The apocryphal acts use many of the same characteristics and concerns of the romance genre, travels, disasters, wealth, beauty, sexual relations, social life, but completely turn them around. In these books, the wealth and beauty are, not, are to be despised for the rewards of heaven. Social life here is to be spurned for the life of heaven. Sexual love is to be renounced for the greater love of God, reserved for those who maintain their continent uh, purity. So nowhere can this paradoxical twisting of the genres be seen more clearly than in possibly the most famous of the apocryphal acts of the apostles, the Acts of Thomas. This narrative is well known because it is the first account of the familiar legend that the Apostle Thomas became a missionary who spread the gospel of Christ in far off India. The Acts of Thomas tell the tale of how it happened. The book was originally written in Syria, probably in the third century. There is considerable doubt about the historical accuracy of its tales, even the basic theme that Thomas took the gospel to India. There is little doubt though about the entertaining nature of the narrative or its overarching intent to cast aspersions on values of contemporary society, wealth, power, sex and sexual love. So the plot itself is basic. Thomas is portrayed as Jesus's twin brother who is sold into slavery by his master. Um, 
and this is after Jesus' death, to an Indian merchant so that he will be forced to go abroad to spread the gospel among the people and royal families of India. The overarching themes of the book can be seen in a series of tales that takes place in the course of its narrative. Some have to do with uh, sh uh, showing the supernatural nature of the main character, uh, Jesus' twin brother, who has prophetic power. This book stands in direct opposition to the celebration in the Greek romances of marital love as the glue that holds society together. Um, here, sex of any kind, even within marriage, is seen as foul and to be avoided at all costs. Also, opposed are other values that seem so commonsensically good to many ancients. For example, the accumulation of wealth. Um, uh, and um, stressed is the power of God, especially in his sacraments and in the life to come, where those who commit sins, especially sexual sins, are punished forever. Now, many of these themes are celebrated in the Hymn of the Pearl, one of the most moving pieces of poetry to come down to us from the ancient world, which is embedded in the Acts of Thomas. Perhaps as an illustration of many of the themes, the story is of a lad who is sent by his royal family to retrieve a pearl from a great serpent in Egypt, but who, after arriving in Egypt, forgets who he is and why he has come. His royal parents send him a letter reminding him of who he is and why he has gone, after which he fulfills his mission and returns to great fanfare and reward. Of the many interpretations of this moving poem, probably the most sensible for its immediate context is that humans too have a heavenly origin and need to recall who they really are and why they have come. Rather than be caught up in the trappings of this world, its beauty, riches and sensual pleasures, this is, in fact, the teaching of many of these apocryphal acts, that there is a greater world that cannot be seen, far superior to this one that can be, and that life in this world should be directed entirely toward the other one, lest we become entrapped in the bodily desires of this world and suffer dire consequences in the world to come. So some questions for us to consider is, in view of the values embraced by the Acts of Thomas, explain why Christianity may have been seen as socially dangerous in the ancient world. In what way does a tale like this appear to work against family values in the modern context? And also, how could the Hymn of the Pearl be explained as a Gnostic composition?